It's time for the PP Podcast. The PP Podcast with Jenna and Todd. Sit back, get a drink, and let's talk about PP. And if you need to go PP, then go PP and come back. Well, wait, just pause the podcast if you have to PP. It's the PP Podcast. Welcome to the Pickle Planet Podcast with Tasha and Jenna. Here we are with Katie again. Hi Hello. again. <laughs> Today on the podcast, uh, Katie's going to help us talk about bedwetting. Yes, and all kinds of other issues that your children might be having with their pelvic floor. Because last time Katie was here, we talked about more women's health stuff and pregnancy, post-pregnancy, all that kind of stuff. So now you've had the kid, now the kid's having issues. Yeah. <laughs> and when do you bring Katie into it? When do you bring Katie into it? Yes. Uh, yes, I'm often asked, like, why would a child need a pelvic floor physiotherapist? And I kind of had that sentiment as well until mm-hmm. I started getting my pediatric certifications. And learned, well, and had my own children, and learned that bedwetting and constipation is, I'm going to use the word epidemic. Like, it is so incredibly prevalent, and it stresses out children, and it stresses out families, and the school system, and the medical system, and uh, that's why I got involved with treating kids. Excellent. And it's expensive. It's I'm going to go right yeah. out there. As someone who cloth diapered three children, mm-hmm. this Freaking getting over the bedwetting, mm-hmm. it's costing mm-hmm. our family a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's, unfortunately, you can't just say that to your kid. Oh, Start paying me your allowance yeah, because I'm yeah. saying this. Yeah. Well, you'd be getting your allowance from me anyway, so yeah. it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you can't have an allowance because we have to buy... Yeah, if we can't afford to give yes, you an Yes, we have to buy yeah. covers for the bed and things for you to wear, and it doesn't, you know, the laundry detergent we go through, and yeah. yeah. So, so yes, if we're, let, let's start with that one. Let's yes. start with, because I think bedwetting <clears throat> is something, like you said, I, I do think epidemic is the right word because yeah. it's constantly out there. And I think there's probably a lot of myths around, you know, when it sh- is okay to happen because yes, there's a time when naturally it's going to happen for kids. And then there's that whole like, you know, when should it stop by? And when do you think you mm-hmm. should draw in someone else into the discussion beyond your family? So Lay it out for us. So I find um, potty training is beginning earlier and earlier. So that's one of the factors that we need to talk about. But the medical community doesn't really get upset about bedwetting, or let's say accidents in general, until a child is six, seven, eight years old. Mm -hmm. But by that time, by the time they're entering the school system, I find now it's a real stress around parents. So that's usually when I um, get the calls is either people who are desperately trying to potty train to get a child to kindergarten or to school, or now they're having accidents at school and it's leading to issues with friends or leading to um, problems with the child not wanting to go to school. So it would be maybe grade one, grade two, grade three. But I mean, I've worked with teenagers as well that are still having these issues. Um, So it depends on the severity of the issue, right? If it's controllable at all, if it's fecal incontinence, that tends to be, so if it's, if it's, if it's poo, right, that tends to be a bigger issue versus if it's urine. And then um, bedwetting, it depends sometimes on how independent the child is. If they're old enough to learn how to change their own pee pad and hop back into bed, if someone's doing like the double bedding technique and mom and dad still get to sleep, then sometimes it's, it's acceptable, but um, you want to be seeing it improving as they get older. And then I think that there's also sometimes these unrealistic expectations that have been set up, especially now. Um, and I don't know if they're unrealistic, but 
with these three-day potty training methods, mm-hmm. which I'm neither for nor against. It's just that I don't think that one potty training method works for all children. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest issue now is that you have to pay extra sometimes in daycare if your child isn't potty trained or to have daycare potty train your child. Moms and dads are busy. A lot of people are outside of the house and you've got the weekend to train your child, right? And that can work for some and it can have disastrous consequences for others. The other thing that a lot of people don't realize is that a very, very large percentage of bedwetting is actually related to um, constipation. And sometimes constipation gets missed because kids are pooping every day Mm -hmm. and mom or dad doesn't recognize it as constipation. There is a a chronic constipation condition called encopresia. And what that is is that someone has been constipated for such a long time that there's kind of this little ball of poo that gets stuck in the rectum. And it can grow. I mean, I've seen images of it that's 10 centimeters. Wow. Right? And what will happen is the mother will maybe, or father, the parent will potentially recognize that there was constipation issues in the past. So now maybe child is on a stool softener or some sort of laxative, but not even always. But something is making the new poo softer. So that soft poo can now go around the poo that's stuck in the bum, and it looks like child is having a poop two or three times a day. So no, my child's not constipated. That can't be a role in this at all. So starting to trying to educate parents to watch for that, because then that's a whole secondary issue. But that that um, that problem with constipation, because these little bodies don't have a lot of room for organs down there. If the rectum is filled with poo, it will press against the bladder. So we'll see some problems that will happen with that. So pooping, we always say try to fix bum first, and then sometimes bladder, usually bladder, comes along for the ride. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, it's funny, um, my youngest, I had a hard time getting her to do number two mm-hmm. on the toilet, yeah. and it was because she had an easier time pooping standing up, mm-hmm. so when we tried to transition huh. to the sitting, uh, it became an issue, and there was a lot of screaming. Yeah. Um, but she does go now. However, there will be days where it's like three days where mm-hmm. she'll hold it, and then if she holds uh, her poop for that long, she'll throw up. Yeah. And then I feed her a certain fast food, and within minutes, it's clean. <laughs> but now I'm wondering, um, if she doesn't have any leak issues, but I'm wondering if there is backup that I don't know about. Right. Yeah. Is there is there any way to know other than an x-ray that there is that kind of backup and blockage? I mean, we don't want to be exposing children to x-rays exactly. if we don't have to, yeah. right? So we're, usually the pediatricians or the pelvic floor physio will kind of check signs and symptoms. So we're going to ask lots of questions. We I have a poop chart in my office. Does the poop look like this? And we've got a children's mm-hmm. version. Like, does it look like chicken nuggets? Does, yeah. it look like, right? does it look like a pencil? Does it look like whipped cream? Like, you go through all of that. Huh. So now I don't want to eat any of that. <laughs> Yeah. But I can totally see the visual, and I can see my kids' eyes lighting up yes. as they do get to describe their pooping in these terms. Poop. Right? Yeah. So, um, so you have to look for that. Do they show signs of holding? Right? So do they kind of fight you? Do you know that they have to go and they won't go? Are they scared of it hurting? Have they had events where they've been afraid of it hurting in the past, and now they don't want to sit on the potty because it hurts too much? Have you seen any blood on the toilet paper? So there have been anal fissures. Um, and then do they have... Are they still having soiling accidents? And I will have parents that are so upset about this that my child had another accident. They know better. This shouldn't be happening. I've taken their toys away. We've done... Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And what has happened is once your rectum is that stretched, even if you've been on a a period of having um, stool softeners or laxatives, if you've cleaned out that poop ball, the fecaloma in there, 
they can't feel when a normal size poop now comes down the track. Mm -hmm. So now they'll have these soiling episodes and it is not their fault at all. They have no sensation of it whatsoever. So there's a secondary issue. And then if someone is having still urinary leakage, that's another sign that maybe there's something going on. So we, you know, we try the most conservative measures first before we're going to do um, an x-ray. Um, every so often, it's very rare that I would ever do an internal exam on a child. But if, if we'd gone through this over and over and over again, sometimes you can do a pinky finger um, rectal just to see if you can feel the poop ball in there. So you can just kind of feel for firm stool. Mm. So that's kind of my, my last-ditch effort. But we've got lots of tricks that we look at prior to that. But it's usually, usually the parents know that something's off, but they don't know what or why. So we kind of, we do um, pee and poo journals, we track everything, we start looking at consistency, tummy troubles, anxiety around potting, that sort of thing. Those are our hints that something might be off. I'm just, I'm like, wow. I know you guys are like, just I know, I know, at me right I know. Now. <laughs> no, no, because I, well, I, I, we have done the poop journal in our house mm -hmm. and we've done the x-ray and gone oh i thought everything was moving the way it should but look right there nope it's not <laughs> and so we've you know we we kind of got through that stage of things and i think we've improved from there mm -hmm. so i think our our constipation issue has i think mostly been resolved and i it wasn't quite to the point where i think there was that blockage like mm -hmm. it, took, it took a little bit but not you know, Not that, yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't 10 centimeters, I don't mm -hmm. think. And that's very um, rare. I yeah. should say, this is rare, right? <laughs> no, but it was, I, like, I, we, we haven't had a, an issue with soiling, like you mm -hmm. said, like, that we haven't gone back to having those kind of accidents. But even having cleared up the constipation, which it seems like maybe was mentally and mm -hmm. what was going on, um, there's still a bedwetting issue. component left. And I, I don't know how to tackle that. Right. So sometimes what happens after there's been a constipation issue is that the tiny muscles have developed around that issue. Mm -hmm. So we'll see them develop. We talked about being, you know, having your jelly beans lifted and lowered, right? So we, um, with children, it's rare, 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 barring a neurological issue or an anatomical problem, it's rare that they're not strong enough. Right, like they haven't been through vaginal deliveries. They mm -hmm. have, like, there's not, yeah, like, they should not this, be able yeah. to hold. More often, it's that there's a retention problem, right? So that their muscles are too strong because they've been gripping for so long, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think there's this uh, this um, other phenomenon that we see, especially in, more in North America, is that we applaud being dry, right? Like you didn't pee your pants today, right? No wetness in your diaper is fantastic. And the movement in my professional world is to applaud the action in the toilet, right? Do you see that you did five peas in the toilet? That's how many peas you should be doing in a day, right? Your tiny bladder shouldn't be growing up to, like, to the size of a balloon. You should be urinating you know, every two hours or so um, and, and kind of applauding that sort of patterning as opposed to rewarding drying dry, right? Hmm. So we will teach kids to be these super holders, yeah. and, and they don't know how. Them. Yeah, and then what we'll see happen either um, afterwards, especially with bedwetting, is kind of sleep issues. So are there sleep problems? Mm -hmm. We certainly see when there's um, attention issues, so ADHD, ADD, like that sort of thing. That sometimes they're just they're so focused on like the one thing that they're into, or they're distracted by other things that they're not listening to the signals that their body's giving them. So they aren't urinating enough for the day, and then at night when they're relaxed and they fall asleep, it's then now we'll have some leakage issues that will happen, right? Um, if your child's not, uh, if, you, if they're overtired, right? They'll sleep through the feelings of, of the beginning of wetness that's happening. So little things like it's for children from, from adults, 
I can, I have to look at the whole person, but we can, I can narrow this down to muscles. With children, it is their whole day. When do they wake up? When do they eat breakfast? How much fiber did they get? What is in their diet? Do they have irritants? What's their school schedule like, right? The biggest problem that we're seeing now, and the reason I say epidemic, the biggest problem that we're seeing now is that as a mom with a kindergartner now, I understand that crazy morning schedule, right? Mm -hmm. So if your child is, their normal poop time is the morning, but they don't want to eat breakfast and they want to sleep in and we're scrambling for the you know mm. extra shoes and the white <clears throat> t-shirt that they need at school today mm-hmm. and packing everything up and we have to get the door and they miss that poop calling and this happens in a lot of moms to be fair mm. as well mm-hmm. they're then at school they're not going to poop at school because who's going to poop at school we're not going to do that yeah. <laughs> and then there's soccer practice mm-hmm. after school mm-hmm. right and then we have to all scramble come home make dinner do homework and they might not get the poop urge again until the next morning. And if they miss it again, right now, like mm-hmm. it's this, it's, we have to look at the whole day and what's going on and when their scheduling is. 50% of the world poops in the morning. That might be related to caffeine. What that, <laughs> what that tells you though is that, I mean, it's not, this is not a human trait. It's that we learn, we can learn mm-hmm. to schedule a time. Mm-hmm. And I find with a lot of people, people in general that have constipation, um, and, and bladder issues, it's they don't even know what their schedule is. They can't feel those signals anymore. If I ask someone, what time of day do you poop? And they look at me with like, what are you talking about? It could be any time of day. Then I'm like, mm, something, maybe we need to investigate this a little bit further. So with kids, it's right from the get-go. But my number one piece of advice, if you take nothing else from this, is that every child when learning to potty train should be on a child size seat with a step stool underneath them. So either in the like on a potty potty or on a toilet insert with a step stool because as soon as they start to feel they're on this big person toilet mm-hmm. and they might fall in and they start gripping, you know what it's like to try to pee or poo in a public toilet that you're hovering over? Yeah. <laughs> Same thing for them, right? Yeah. So Try learning need like to that. be able yeah. to relax those muscles. So sometimes huh. they can stem back for, from as early as that. But yeah, but as far as bedwetting is concerned, because they're kind of they're kind of involved, in, but sometimes they're not. If you've sorted out the constipation bit, it's now retraining, listening to the bladder. Sometimes we will do time devoiding, which is it's this time and you have to go pee now, and then they'll kind of learn to start recognizing those signals again. For some kids, it is they just need to grow a little bit. But when it's you know when it's the school age and it's not improving, but certainly if they're over the age of eight, now it's time to kind of buckle down and really figure out what's going on for sure okay i have another scenario for you (laughs) so you've got a child who seems to have done fairly well with the whole potty training and now being you know big kid and using Mm -hmm. the washroom nighttime not a problem Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how exhausted everything nights were still dry daytime all of a sudden there's like there's no control again Mm -hmm. and there's just pee everywhere all the time. All the time. Yeah, everywhere, all the time. Like, is it just an exhaustion thing? Or could that be, like, something else there as well? Usually that's something else. So usually there's, um, it's usually associated with an event of some sort. So it will be when your pressure system is off, is what we like to call it. When there's more pressure on your pelvic floor. So it, in children, it's often called giggle incontinence. Because the you know you've always had probably the friend growing up that mm. would pee a little bit when they laughed right mm-hmm. like so it's signs of that so I will hear it a lot as kids might not be aware that it's happening or when it's happening but it's when they jump off the swing when they land on the slide when they have to stop short and change directions in sports so anytime that you're kind of <clears throat> that you're blocking with your throat 
right? That you're trying to contract your abs. Um, sometimes I talk about our whole abdominal system like a balloon, but I flip the balloon upside down so the knot is at the top. If there is a problem, a weakness, a tightness, poor coordination at the bottom of your balloon, and you hold your breath, and then you squeeze the balloon, which is now you using your abdominals, the pressure has to go somewhere, right? So if your throat is really good at closing down air, it's going to go down towards your bladder. So we'll see kids that kind of have these leaky issues. The other thing is if they have really tight pelvic floors, which is almost 99% of the time what we're seeing, it's, it's almost like they get tired. Right? If you made a fist all day long and then I asked you to grasp something, it would be like, it would give out, right? So these tiny little muscles are on all the time. When you then give them a load, when you give them a cough, a sneeze, going up the stairs, mm. going down the stairs, jumping on your furniture, it just kind of, ugh. They lose the ability to control that sphincter mechanism in and around the bladder. So that's where we have to start teaching them how to relax those muscles again, mm -hmm. right? But we see that in kids who don't know how to poo either, right? I have to teach them how to relax the pelvic floor, how to relax around the anal sphincter, how to push with your tummy a little bit, but not at the same time squeeze around the sphincters. A lot of the times when I'm checking on kids that have pelvic floor dysfunction, when they try to bear down to urinate or to defecate, at the same time, they're actually closing their sphincters mm -hmm. instead of opening it. So it's more of a coordination mm -hmm. and high tone, high muscle tone problem than it is this weakness that we tend to associate with adults more. Now, would that, do you think, have anything to do with when they're younger and they're still in their diapers, how it's easier for them to stand up to do these actions? I don't know. I find that with both of my kids. They both had an easier time going. If they were standing? It's interesting yeah. that you say that because most kids have an easier time going when they're squatting. Oh. Right? So you'll see. You'll <laughs> so see. of course. Of course yours. Yeah. yours are different, yeah. Tosh. Yeah. But Always. it could have been yeah. something about the environment, right? So, um, and I'm, I, I mean, I don't know your kids. I haven't looked. But what we'll see sometimes is kids um, will choose a certain position in a certain area because they prefer that area. Like you have the kid that wants to run behind the couch to poop yes. because it's not necessarily position driven. It's environment driven, right? That's right. where my toys are. I can still hear all the fun that's happening yes. in the house. The TV's on there versus going and sitting on the toilet. When we squat, we actually loosen the pelvic floor muscles. So that's why I suggest the step stool, right? If little mm -hmm. feet are dangling, they've got nothing to push against. Mm -hmm. But if your knees are slightly higher than your hips, and this goes for adults too, if your knees are slightly higher than your hips, um, it loosens the, the muscles around the back passage a bit mm -hmm. better. So it's a little bit easier, kind of unkinks it. Mm -hmm. It's funny, my kids, my boys instinctively do that. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that when they go and sit on the toilet, they pull the step stool over oh, yeah. from the sink and they put it there and they put their feet on it. And, and, and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but it was one of those. I'm like, I never. When they were little and we were using it, yes. Mm -hmm. But like, I like now they're five and they're getting tall. But that they instinctively every time I go into the bathroom, I'm like, oh yeah, one of the boys was here. Yeah. Yeah, move the stool. Trip over this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they do. They instinctively do that. And mm. so I'm like, oh, good. Okay, we've got that park. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Good job, instincts, boys. Yep. <laughs> they know how to poo. They will get far in life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's one that we did not have a big issue with, thankfully, in our house was, yeah, that part seems to, for us, yeah, we have a lot of issues with bedwetting and with accidents in a time when we think they should not be happening. Yeah. So it's very interesting to think about all the different, because, yeah, I think a lot of people do go to that default now of, well, no, you're old enough. You know better. Oh, absolutely. And, and how easy is it for us to say that to even the times when we think in our head, okay, no, I know they're a little kid. That's not the way they're thinking. You're like, that's not the way they're wired. It's just so instinctive to say that and to treat them like adults. Mm -hmm. 
It's, it's super easy. Mm-hmm. I'm really guilty for assuming yeah. my kids should have common sense and they're three and six. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> uh, I'm super guilty for that. I'm so, guilty yeah. of assuming some adults should have common yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I try to balance it with my kids and be like, yeah. but you know what? Even adults have accidents sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it does happen. It's just, yeah, that, can, can we not can we so much laundry in this yeah. house? <laughs> There's something, and I remember being told uh, growing up that it's genetic. Oh, well, grandma peed the bed until yeah. she was seven, so mm. if you do too, then that's okay. But that's not true. It's not genetic, is it? Well, there might be some sort of genetic component, but I think you have... It's, it's hard to tease out the environment of that being just being told it's okay, so we're not going to do anything about it, right. versus mm. it being a real genetic, medical, anatomical issue, mm. right? I don't know that we can suss that out if, if our attitude about it is going to be, well, you're 15 and you're still bedwetting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I do think, I mean, we don't want to stress children out. That's the other problem. So mm. that's where medical intervention is very hesitant to get involved. If, if someone, a three or four-year-old still having accidents, I'm not going to stress that child out too much, right? right? Unless it's chronic constipation and we know it's a problem. If it's wedding issues, three, four years old, we're going to give it time. I don't need to bring a child in who's three, who's wetting the bed to see a pelvic floor physiotherapist on a regular basis, right? Like I don't, we don't need that, right? But now if it's seven, eight, nine, and she doesn't want to go to school or she doesn't want to go to sleepovers, now we start looking at, because it's become, it's taking more of a, not treating it, is now taking more of a toll on mm-hmm. the child than treating it, right? So when that crossover over happens, that's where I have um, parents call. What is the treatment? Like, what would you do with the child? So it's different from, from case to case, yeah. but generally speaking, the first treatment is, I mean, the first treatment, most children are not going to let me touch them very much, right? Mm-hmm. So the first treatment is usually um, bring the child in so we get to meet. You know, we make it fun. We've got toys. We've got video games for all the muscle stuff that we do. Um, but it's just telling me about potty training history. So did we have an event where there was, a, you know, a painful pooping event? Did we try um, a three-day potty training method that failed horribly? Like, what was the environment that potty training was initiated in? Um, and then what's the toileting environment look like now? So are we sitting on a comfortable toilet? Is the anatomy being put on a toilet in the best position to allow for urination, like a complete emptying um, of both the bladder and the bowel? Diet, which, listen, I've got kids. I know they get craft dinner sometimes, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to balance diet with family mental health I think but if you know that there if you suspect that there's a sensitivity if you know every time my kid has whatever kind of cracker that they're going to be constipated for the next three days is that something that we need to investigate so we kind of examine that a little bit water intake a lot of schools mm-hmm. don't let water into classrooms anymore in case of uh, someone spills or you know a drink right so are they properly hydrated they get sent home usually um, being asked to to chart poops and pees, how often, mm. how much. I tell them to count how long they pee for, which isn't a surefire method, but one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three. Like, are you emptying before you need to? Are you overholding? Mm. That sort of thing. Um, poop consistency. So they see the poop chart. And then teaching, if the child will let me, I'll do one of two things. I will put my hand on their abdomen and then fully clothed, kind of on their bum cheek by the sit bones in their, in their bum cheeks and ask them for a deep breath. So I should feel that diaphragm expand, right? I should feel lowering and relaxation of the pelvic floor. And then I'll ask them, can you show me what you do if you had to fart or if you had to poo? Show me like a practice poo. And then I see if My they're clamping down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So we just started, we call them, the fancy word is defecation dynamics. So we check to see if they actually know how to use their muscles in that situation. Um, if I suspect that there's a problem muscularly, so if we've gone through all of the other stuff and it mm. looks everything looks great, and if, if I think it's a problem muscularly, then we've got um, a piece of machinery called biofeedback, which is kind of like those ECGs, like the heart monitors that you see, all those sticky electrodes mm. on the chest, and you get the bleep, bleep, bleep across the screen. Instead of picking up heart muscle activity, we put it on the pelvic floor. So it would be kind of just to the inside of underwear lines, right? Just in there, little, tiny little, I call them stickers, but they're the sticky mm-hmm. electrodes. Um, mom or dad can put them on. If the child's old enough, I'll teach them where to put it. Or if they don't care, then I'll put them on. And then we hook that up to my computer, and what it will show me is like that reading. So when I ask them to squeeze, I should see the muscle on the screen squeeze. Mm-hmm. And when I ask them to let go, it should let go. And then we practice our poo, and I should see it still stay off. If I see it turn way on when they try to poo or pee, um, then I know that there's something going a little bit off with the muscles. So that's kind of... But I, I have to say... like. Sometimes it takes a couple of appointments for a child to let me go anywhere near there. So yeah. sometimes the first or second appointment is just me putting that on their forearm. And like the games, it's like um, when they squeeze the muscle, the little bunny will run up the hill. And when they relax, the bunny will come down the hill. Or there's airplanes and boats and flowers and all this stuff, right? Yeah. So they see the fun stuff and I'm like yeah. writing down numbers furiously, yeah. right? So they get used to the equipment and then it's they, um, then, then we kind of teach them about that. Um, but certainly the constipation has to be dealt with, right? So that's where I encourage people to go talk to their family doctor or get a referral on to pediatrics if they need to because they might need to be put on. I mean, a lot of kids are in this situation are put on a stool softener, and I think that um, sometimes what happens is parents don't really want their kids on medication, which right. I totally mm. understand. But if you start the stool softener or a laxative treatment and don't finish it, then we've never kind of cleared out the system mm. Um, and we don't get to start from scratch again, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're gonna if you're going to do the treatment, follow your physician's guidelines and do the treatment, and then mm-hmm. we learn how to feel the sensations down there again. Um, but little things like a tummy massage, right, to help move the poo along the track can help. So, which is something you would do when your baby's a baby. I was gonna yes. say I, yeah. I just totally had a flashback. Yeah. Of that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, with the infants and the I love you. The I love you massage. Google I love you massage. There's a bunch of um, videos on it out there. And, I mean, we say it's to help to, like, improve transit time in the colon. It's not like we're pushing the poo along because I get four-year-olds to do this themselves. So there's something just about applying pressure to that area Mm -hmm. in in that circular movement um, pattern that helps to stimulate things along. But... Little things like that. Oftentimes, it's just tweaking stuff. Like, it's just, you were just off, but you were so close, just this much, right? Mm-hmm. So just a little improvement here and there, um, and we'll start to see things improve. I do see a bump around return to school time. So as mm-hmm. I said, parents that are calling in that are panicked about school. Mm-hmm. But then once kids go back to school, because now they can't just poop whenever they want, yeah. they had kind of their summer schedule that they had, and now they're back in classes, and the system's a little bit disrupted. So I'll see kind of this return to constipation sometimes in the fall and then the same thing after Christmas and uh, with adults and kids and after Christmas I think it's just <laughs> your body's like the detox. holidays yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. we've eaten everything we want yes. there's no bedtime there's no yeah. schedule it's just blah yeah, it's chaos yeah, yeah. yeah. Chaos. so yeah don't, don't freak out if it's happening in those times yeah. mm-hmm. but definitely if it's happening outside those windows that's, yeah. that I, that to me would be a sure sign that you need to come in reach out check up yeah, yeah. reach out Yes, and I—that's not something that that would have ever crossed my mind to come see you for something like that. So, mm-hmm. 
I love that. I love it. Yeah, you're just going to get a whole new wacky yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. I have one friend of mine right now that I'm like, I'm, we're going to finish this conversation. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. I think so. Unless you have other uh, insights about bedwetting, uh, potty training. There's lots of contraptions that you can buy. There's some mm. stuff that's gimmicky. There's some stuff that's quite useful. I find it's a case-by-case basis. So you have things like the pee pods now. So, um, oh, That's uh, like the, the absorbent Yeah, it pad looks thing. like kind like, of what you yeah. like a diaper-changing pad, basically. Mm-hmm. But you can put it down on the child's bed. Um, you can get the pads that have the alarms built into them, right? So the sound yes. alarm or the watch that you put, like the wristband that will vibrate. Um, that to me is just like, why would you yeah. do that? Wow. So <laughs> the reason so why the investment, man. Yeah. Well, right. and that just, that one to me seems like stress. Exactly. Or like that like out. shock yeah. collar for a dog idea. Yeah. The vibrating one, what the trick is, is um, because parents would, would, either a child would wake way after they've wet, so they're not mm. learning to wake around the bladder signs. Okay. Or the parent would be going in through the night, okay, well, it's 11 p.m., I'm going to take them to pee now so that I don't have to wake up at but three in the morning. But it's not the right time to do it. Right. Mm. So huh, the okay. vibrating, that what the theory is behind it is if, um, so you can even get the underwear. So at the instance that moisture hits the barrier, it vibrates and they're cueing parents not to go turn off the alarm. The child has to wake up and turn off their own, their own alarm. So it's teaching them how to wake when that, when the bladder is starting to have a signal. Okay. And now it suddenly seems like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't work for everyone. Like it's not, don't everybody go out and buy them. It's not a surefire way, but that's kind of the system behind mm-hmm. them, right? And so they so must be expensive. Depends right. on how many bells and whistles you want on it. Yeah. Right. How many gadgets yeah. 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 you need. Yeah. Some of them, like I think the underwear are more expensive than just buying the pad because you're not necessarily getting the immediate, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's fast feedback, but it's not right. the same as just having mm-hmm. a couple of drops of urine. Right. Um, and then there's different like ones that you can have monitors to put in the parents' room, and you, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. as with anything, you can yeah. go overboard. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Go big or go home. Or, yeah. Well, and parents yeah. are desperate. Yes, absolutely. Like they're desperate. Yeah. They're yeah. going to spend a lot. of Parents will spend whatever because, mm-hmm. as you said, if you have to keep buying your pull-ups or whatnot yeah. for the next Depends. four years, in, yeah, in washing bed sheets mm-hmm. every yeah. single night. Yeah, yeah. and the clothes. The and yeah. The, yeah, and that's where parents will double sheet. Yeah, oh yeah, right? that was that was from day one. We mm-hmm. double sheeted in our house, man. Yeah. So some of the strategies as they get older is that the child then has to, to wake to change it, right? So it's different and, for every child. And what child. if your children don't care? Mm. What if it doesn't wake them up? Yeah, right? really. Yeah. So I mean, that's why it's and, and you know yeah. each child has a yes. different mentality and yeah. attitude and interest in all of this. So you have to kind of find a way to connect with each kid and and do something around it, but. Um, for me, it's my job. For parents, like it's just another thing to add to the list of the yes. crap that I have yeah. to deal with, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 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 All right. Now that we've added that to everyone's list, who's listening, to try to decide, you know, yeah, whether their potty training has led to issues. <laughs> Yeah, that that is not the goal here. Yeah, this is not the goal here. Is not to add another layer of oh man, I did that wrong too. No, 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 no. No, But it's a but it's one of those like yeah, I wouldn't have stopped to think about how some of those different things interact Mm -hmm. and that idea of oh okay, this is when we should ask for help or this is the kind of help we should be looking at right now. Like I said, like yeah, when we went through the constipation issue, it was one of those like I didn't think my kid was constipated because it was a fair. I thought it was a fairly regular occurrence. Mm -hmm. Then it was like no, it's not quite as regular as I thought and oh look it's been going on for a while and there is this blockage mm-hmm. and yeah we got to deal with it mm-hmm. so 
How do you get yeah. the, I, I gotta know. How do you get the blockage out? Flex. Like if it's that flex. 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 Yeah. No, I, that's, we have a bottle of flaxseed oil in our fridge now, and that was our big, that was our first go at it. There's right? the front it's, line, and then and it the, just yeah, you, gets more and more, like, medically yeah. induced, so it would be dietary water, like, standard stuff you try at home. Yeah. yeah. Stool softeners, laxatives. Um, going into the hospital for uh, laxative treatments and then enemas. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Kids. Yeah. Lots of flaxseed <laughs> oil. Everybody's yeah. happier yeah. when they poop. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I've said, I'm going to give a shout out. Our school has been fantastic. I know mm-hmm. my kids drink more water at school Good. than they do at home, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. our school is like, you know, everyone brings their water bottle. They put in one of those water bottle fill stations nice. as That's well. Awesome. And like the kids are asking to go to it and they're being like encouraged to go to it. So, I think, yeah, we're all... I think there are definitely a movement among certain Good. groups oh, of people to, like... Oh, I've had certain like, schools that will yeah. give the teacher's bathroom to a child that has bowel issues. And they're allowed to hide a little book bag in there with a change of clothes if accidents happen. So they know if they need privacy, they can go to the teacher's bathroom. They've got signals. Like, when I place my water bottle on the right-hand corner of my desk, that means I'm going to the bathroom. I don't have to raise my wow. hand to disrupt the class. I can sit at the back of the class. I can leave when I need to. So that's been a huge help when Absolutely. children can start listening yeah. to their signals and when the school system is involved and really mm-hmm. helping out, it makes life that much easier for them. Yeah. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Team effort. Team yeah. effort. <laughs> right, that's right. We're going to give you right. a chance to tell everybody where they can find you. Right. So I'm at the 360 Health Clinic um, on Elmwood Drive and uh, that's in Moncton. The number to reach me there is 830-6600. You can also find me on Facebook at Katie Kelly PT and on Instagram as PT Katie Kelly. And if you Google me, I should come up. Yeah. <laughs> I've Googled myself, I come up, so yeah. you should be able to find yeah. it. <laughs> Katie Kelly's a really easy name to remember, yeah, too. It so. is. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for yeah, having me. It's been fun. Yeah, this is, I think this, this is going to be one of those episodes that just goes crazy yeah. among people, I think. The yeah. team poop episode. It's potty time. Do, 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 potty time.